Chapter eighteen of eighty seven by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eighteen Differing Worlds. How did he happen to get a chance to work for Dr. Norman Decker? This was Winter Kellen's way of putting it for years. Nevertheless, it gave him great satisfaction, as the days and months went by, that such a happening had come to him not that he was wonderfully promoted in any way his life was quite as busy and almost as isolated from people as it had been in miss putnam's quiet home dr decker found plenty of work for him hoeing weeding watering horses answering night bells driving the doctor's children to and from school on stormy days driving the doctor occasionally in his own little spring wagon when it suited that gentleman's fancy oh there was enough to do certainly dr decker if he was a very busy man himself knew how to keep other people busy yet with all his work and care winter had never found more time for study than here there were long quiet evenings when he relieved the bell-boy from service and was only interrupted by an occasional ring of the bell from those so urgent or so ignorant that they could ignore the doctor's office hours to which he held himself with strictest care there were mornings quite often when he was summoned from the garden or the table with the direction to make himself presentable and sit in the receiving-room while the young student in usual attendance went elsewhere at these times the doctor himself grew into the habit of striding over to the library and selecting from its solemn crowds the special book which it would be well for winter to read next over such books winter studied as he had never studied before and the red which dyed face and neck at first when the doctor would suddenly ask him three or four terse questions about what he had been reading came less readily as he grew accustomed to the attention he even ventured on an occasional question himself and was answered fully and kindly these were growing days to winter kelland miss mary tryon fourteen bond street had been quite willing to accept as a boarder any one whom dr decker chose to send and winter was installed in a back attic room of her tall and narrow city house not so cheerful a room as that which he had occupied for certain well-remembered nights in miss putnam's home but quite good enough for winter's needs he spent less and less time in it as the days went by and he was more and more frequently summoned to the waiting-room to take the bell-boy's place indeed the bell-boy grew to looking upon him as a special providence and smiled broadly whenever he was relieved an hour earlier than usual and sent home certainly no one could have been more glad to see him relieved than was winter so on all sides was satisfaction no not quite socially he was still alone he studied it over sometimes looked about him longingly for companionship wondered if he should ever have a friend almost every one he knew seemed to have some one with whom to be on very familiar terms always excepting himself he lived in two worlds and neither of them fitted him and they were both quite unlike the worlds in which he had lived before mrs tryon's table was filled to the verge of crowding with young men gay stylishly dressed young men at least winter thought during those days that they were stylishly dressed they wore immaculate paper collars and spotless shirt fronts 
with now and then a diamond which being made of paste certainly cost very little but winter did not know this others of them wore very gay scarfs tied bewilderingly and poked a rosebud occasionally into their buttonholes and combed their hair in a fashion which he could not and wore thinner boots than he could afford and did a hundred other little things to mark their position as in another world than his they were very busy during the day measuring lawns and calicoes and sorting thread and buttons and ribbons or running hither and thither on errands for great men who thought of them only as animated machines to do their bidding but a little of the greatness in which they spent their days seemed reflected on them they talked glibly about this and that style about a fine turnout about pretty faces about the merits of such an opera even about public speakers as to whether they were the real thing or not on all these topics winter was dumb they belonged to that other world of which he was not he used occasionally to wonder why it was that none of these young men ever mentioned a book or a study it might be just possible that in doing so they would name one at which the covers of which he had looked when he stood before the great library but they never entered this field and winter did not for a moment think of leading the way so they ate their hurried breakfasts together and more leisurely their late dinners and chatted merrily and nodded to winter some of them when they came in and occasionally asked him to pass the bread or help them to butter and for the rest ignored his existence who is he they asked of one another when he first came and the answers had been various he is dr decker's new bellboy i think i saw him opening the door for the stuart carriage i didn't know we had bellboys at our table this from a pale-faced man who wore a waxed moustache and sold buttons and braid at the notion counter of a large store oh he isn't he is a stable boy i think i saw him at work among the horses only yesterday this from a mischievous fellow who shouted messages all day through a downtown telephone and who liked to tease the owner of the waxed moustache upon my word said that person curling his moustache with the aid of his upper lip i think we might at least have separate tables let us inquire into things ten minutes later gave them opportunity mrs tryon herself tall pale weary-eyed in a collarless dress came to serve the pie she being interviewed responded with dignity he was a student at dr decker's office she did not know she was sure but he might answer bells and feed horses and do a hundred other things she had not asked and she did not propose to she had received on the second morning after his coming a note from dr decker written by his own hand in which he said that young kelland was a new student whom he hoped she would try to make comfortable as he was especially interested in him and she meant to try to the best of her abilities nothing more was to be said if dr decker vouched for the stranger's position who could make any remark mrs tryon's closed lips and keen eyes asked this question and no one replied so they nodded to him those of them who did not forget it and went on with their gay talk as though he had not been there the other world was in dr decker's office learned gentlemen physicians high in honor came there to discuss cases with him 
little physicians who were keen-brained and eager and on the road to higher positions came there to ask advice winter was often present at these interviews in the next room it is true in the character of the bell-boy but having ears he heard and pondered he felt in his soul that he could be if he had a chance on the lower steps of the flight which led to this world but as yet he must not even bow to the men who composed it all the more their talk made him sure that he did not belong and would not be likely ever to belong to the world which he met at mrs tryon's table in the course of time he found what he thought at first was a piece of still another world founded in mrs tryon's storeroom whither he went to carry a message from the doctor she was mixing bread you have surmised long before this that her house was by no means among the heights in the world of boarding-houses and this weary household drudge had to turn cook or laundress or table-waiter as the needs of the hour demanded she was therefore mixing bread and winter knew it would be bread that was a trifle sour and underdone and in many respects unlike the sweet loaves which miss putnam used to turn out but the thing which astonished him was an open book pinned open with a fork and bespattered with water and besprinkled with flour he was so astonished that he stopped in the middle of his sentence and stared at it mrs tryon's sallow cheek flushed and she laughed a slight embarrassed laugh you're almost scared to see a book aren't you well i don't wonder but the fact is i have so little time i thought i'd pin it open before me and see if i couldn't fix them names while i was kneading bread but it is getting all flour and i declare if there ain't a spot of lard on it i don't know but i'll have to give it up what are you reading winter asked cordially the sight of the open book making him feel more at home with her than he ever had before well i wasn't exactly reading i was running over the names and events you see i was foolish enough to join a reading circle when i lived in the country we only moved into town a year ago and i kind of hated to give it up though i've no time for reading now but i keep sticking to the thing thinking every day i won't i miss the circle dreadfully we had good times in it here was a reading circle where it would have been least suspected winter concluded there were more people at work in this world than he knew of do you enjoy books of that kind he asked glancing at the title of the one transfixed by the fork well as to that some of them i enjoyed and some i didn't a good many of them seemed most dreadful dry to me and do yet i get so tired you know trotting round this house from morning till night waiting on people i hate keeping boarders anyway i'd rather starve a little at a time each week than to live on the best of the land by keeping boarders but in spite of their dryness i get something from them i hadn't many chances when i was young that is why some things seem so dull to me all new and strange when they are nothing but a b c to people with educations but the dull ones even when you master em give you a kind of pleasure when i was coming here on the cars i had something happen to me which explains what i mean four people sat together had one seat turned you know first-class people the class that isn't made of mustaches and frizzes i mean the real thing they were talking about a writer an englishman 
and arguing as to just when he wrote a certain book and just what was happening about the same time there was a difference of opinion one thought one way and one another and there was something of interest to themselves which turned on the decision and none of em was right i had been interested listening and before i thought i spoke up and said it was so and so halfway folks would have thought i was intruding and would have curled up their lips at me but these weren't that kind they thanked me as pleasant as could be and kind of took me into the talk i found out they belonged to the same reading circle that i did one of the gentlemen was a great scholar a professor and he explained two or three things that had puzzled me and altogether i had a good time i felt for a little while as though i was somebody who had a thought occasionally besides what she could get for breakfast and how she should manage the next quarter's rent yes i like the books even when they are dull they get me out of myself and are you reading all alone winter asked as he watched the flowery mass being gradually reduced to order and felt a deeper respect for the moulder than he would have imagined possible a short time before oh no there are three of us you know aunt charlotte she is reading with us she reads aloud while i mend tablecloths and pillow slips some of the boarders heads are very hard on pillow slips i'm sure i don't know why it can't be brains that wear them out you don't mean miss fletcher why she is very old yes i do mean miss fletcher she's my aunt on my mother's side yes she is old eighty-four last month but she's as smart as a whip and as good a reader as you need want to hear she enters into the spirit of some things a great deal better than i can she had a good education charlotte had when she was young then there's my daughter maria you haven't seen much of her she's dreadful busy and i don't have her go into the dining-room much she hates it and i just as soon she wouldn't myself maria's young but you'd laugh to see her do her reading she's a fancy knitter that is she works at that evenings she clerks it in westlake's fancy store and evenings she knits wristlets and baby's socks and sacks and all sorts of pretty things she says she is going to knit her way through the reading circle sometimes to keep track of herself while aunt charlotte is reading she has to keep up a kind of muttering like this knit one over narrow knit three slip one and all that sort of thing but she hears the reading and remembers it better than any of us and she doesn't think anything about it is dull how i am running on to you i beg your pardon i'm sure it isn't often i talk especially with boarders i'm very much obliged to you winter said heartily i like to hear about it very much i am interested in anything which has to do with books and in his heart he thought that this world composed of the bread-maker and the eighty-four-year-old reader and the young knitter would be the one to which he would like to belong were there many members of the reading circle where you used to live he asked anxious to hear more of her talk he must wait until her hands were out of the flower before she could do the doctor's bidding oh i guess there were it was just the life of the town we had dreadful hard work getting it started there was a miss perkins a dressmaker who got interested in it she went from house to house sewing 
and she told me that she cut and basted and fitted it into every dress she made for three months before she got the thing going but it is live enough now fifty-four members who meet every week and they do have the nicest times you see the place isn't very large and the people are poor most of em at least they aren't very rich though if i had the money that some of them have i should think i was but they earn their living and there are very few of what i call stuck-ups among them a good many of us couldn't afford to own the books so the circle bought them and lent them around or we met in sections and appointed a reader and listened and talked things over sometimes we had a regular party refreshments you know nothing very grand but a little cake and coffee and a sandwich or two to make it seem social and then we had an entertainment once it was author's evening the first thing we knew a lady would walk into the room take a seat in the centre and begin i was born in london or scotland maybe whatever the place was then she'd say as a child i was noted for well whatever she had planned to say and she would go on in that way until somebody would get an inkling of who she was and ask did your christian name begin with a g in that way the questions would go on until we got her guest out she would prove to be some eminent writer and for the rest of the evening she would have to personate that character as well as she could then a gentleman would come in and say he was born a hundred years ago maybe it was great fun as well as real improving some of them we couldn't guess at all but those we did guess and for the matter of that those we couldn't we never forgot afterward one night my maria was harriet beecher stowe and for all she is such a modern writer and people know so much about her maria succeeded in mystifying them so that it took twenty minutes to guess her out and all her statements were correct too did you ever hear anybody run on so in your life i don't know what possesses me but i am homesick for that reading circle and that's a fact well the spread is ready to leave and now i'll tend to the doctor's orders right away End of chapter 18